Welcome to Bowman's Friends, a podcast created to connect and inform UK students of issues, events, and cool stuff on campus in the Lexington area. Bowman's Friends is a podcast hosted by UK students for the UK community. Our goal is to amplify student voices through advocating for equity, inclusion, and representation of all. This Saturday, the University of Kentucky men's basketball team takes on 10th-ranked Tennessee that is coming off a big win against 1st-ranked Alabama. At halftime of the game, the university is honoring the 1996, 97, and 98 men's teams that went to three straight national championships, winning two of them. No other team in program history has won two in three years, and the latest it happened was when Adolph Rupp led the team to national championships in 1948 and 1949. However, the men's program has fallen into quite the tournament slump, only going to one Final Four since 2015 and not making the championship game since 2014 as an eight seed. Also, seniors at the university at the moment are yet to see a tournament win because of COVID, the nine-win season, and a first-round exit to St. Peter's. Today, I am joined by University of Kentucky students Matthew Reed and Jack Thomas to talk about past success as a basketball team and even recent failures and what we would do to help turn around the program. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank Thanks you. for coming on, boys. We'll get straight into it and introduce you guys. We can start off with Jack, you first. I just want to know what your all's name is, major, year, and favorite Kentucky player of all time. Yeah, so my name is Jack Thomas. I'm a junior right now here, majoring in finance and marketing. Favorite Kentucky player, I would say Malik Monk. It's a good one. It's a good answer. Look, you took my answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Matthew Reed. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm majoring in biomedical engineering with a minor in mathematics. Um, my favorite Kentucky player, I was literally going to say Malik Monk, but let me just go off the top of my head here. Um, personal favorite for, my, for mine was Willie Cauley-Stein when he was here. He was a dog. I like those those monk answers because I'm a Fox guy myself, yeah, so that, that backcourt right. back was crazy. All right, Jack, we're going to start with you to get into the questions today. With your dad going to UK, you had to be a fan since birth, I'm assuming, and I'm the same way. My parents didn't go to UK, but I've been a Kentucky fan since birth. So I just wanted to know if there was any players that your dad would tell you about that he would get excited about watching and just what those conversations were like when, when you talked to your dad about those players. Yeah, so kind of, I guess in his era, it would have been like, late 80s, early 90s, used to always talk about Jamal Mashburn. He was a star player on our 93 team and they actually went to the Final Four after being on probation. You know, and then obviously classics, Rex Chapman, everybody sees him on Twitter and stuff now. Big social media presence guy. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then obviously Tony Delk, beast. Beast. And then I want to bring up Wayne Turner, point guard. Okay. He was here three straight years. Mm-hmm. Took us three straight Final Fours, including two titles. So, I mean. I wish we had a guy like that now. Got to credit that guy. <laughs> so, who would you say that someone would be your favorite player in your early days before before Cal got here? Who would you say was yeah, the guys so you looked up to as a kid? For me, like, I guess kind of the age we're at, my first memories of guys like Joe Crawford, Meeks, Patterson, mm-hmm. and that. Patterson and Meeks team was really when I fell in love with the Cats. That 54, yeah, 54 points on, on that Tennessee. clinic against Tennessee, yep. yeah. Those guys were cool to watch, but 
I'm glad Cal got here because I think he brought some swagger back. Brought some talent back for sure. Easily. All right, Matt, staying on that same kind of topic, your father was also a big UK fan and went to the mm -hmm. university as well. And you told me that he would take you to games when Tubby Smith was the coach. Yep. And Tubby Smith was a guy that would develop these lower star guys, keep them around for four years, develop, and then or when they became juniors, seniors is when you would start to see them blossom. And then mm -hmm. the era that we are prone to was with Calipari and this one-and-done concept of bringing in the highest recruit and trying to develop them for just one season before they go off. Right. So my question to you is, as a fan first and then as a coach, which style would you prefer and which style would you pick? Um, my answer is going to be the same for a fan and a coach. So I think I would have a, an approach where I would have a, like both. I think that's the perfect approach where you have one and done talent because the one and done talents that go first rounds and lotteries in the NBA draft, they are the most talented players in college. And you can see the way that they step so easily into the league. And then you always need that veteran presence in the locker room. So those four-year guys, I, it's been obvious that the, those, the teams with both of these are the teams that have been winning recently. So I just think we need to follow in those steps. I know older fans, like our parents or whatnot, they say that they can't get a connection to the guys because yeah. they're just gone after a season. Yeah, so I, I can agree with that. Do you think that's bigger than, than maybe just taking the best talent, or would you just rather have the best talent and go from there? I mean – you can't really blame Coach Cal for recruiting the best players out of high school and then wanting to play for him. So when they, if, if the best players in high school want to play for you, you're going to always have a spot for them. But I, I just think you just need to show love to like the maybe the kids that aren't in ESPN Top 100, the kids that you can see potential and then that you can develop over four years, and they can be just as valuable to a team as those one-and-done players. I agree. I'm excited to see someone like Reed Shepard come into town next mm -hmm. season. Because yeah, like, I know we have a stigma around or around Cal with these Kentucky-born guys yeah. that we don't think that he likes them or he doesn't. We don't think that this or that, but they just haven't had success here. So I want to see someone like that that has the talent, obviously top thirty recruit in the nation. Mm -hmm. Mc, or is he McDonald's All-American? Yes, I McDonald's so. All-American. But at the same time, go against these Cal critics. So I'm excited to see people like that come in. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Cal's done that before. Like, when we had uh, Hawkins and Willis, they mm -hmm. were solid four-year guys. I mean, Willis even played a lot on the 15 team once Poitras went down. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's only – we're only six or seven years removed from that. I think you can get right back there. And I think Reed Shepard's the guy. Yeah. I agree. I also, th I also like to see Cal guys – that we don't believe will stay around for very long, stay around for quite a while. I think the last person that we thought that was probably like Alex Poitras. Yep. We kind of thought that he was just going to come in and be done after a year, and he was a guy that stuck around for all four and is even still playing to this day. So I think I I would choose the one and done myself as well, just just because I'm a, I need success now, and I don't want success. <laughs> I don't want to wait for my success. I want it as soon as possible. If you can get them, why not take them? Exactly. exactly. But at the same token, these guys that stick around are those main, those glue guys. And I feel like all the Kentucky teams that have had success, even under Cal, all have those glue guys yep. that are very important to the team. 
All right, back to you, Jack. If you took over for Calipari right now, how many five games left in the season, SEC tournament, we're trying to push to make the tournament, what are two things that you would change and why? Uh, one thing that comes to mind, this is more of just a thing that Cal does a lot that just bugs me, mm -hmm. is calling timeouts like 30 seconds removed from a media timeout. It's like, why, why are you using that now? Like, and then we only have one timeout for the final four minutes. I feel like I noticed him doing that a lot. And also, like, lineup stuff, obviously, people have been talking about that all year. I think he's come on to something. Obviously, I mean, I saw Reeves play 38 minutes last night. Right after Cal said earlier in the week that he needed to rest him, which I also right. think he needs to be more transparent with the media. Like, mm -hmm. recent years, he's gotten – he's fallen off on that. He's gotten to the point where if we lose, he doesn't even talk. Yeah. But going back to the timeout situation – He's had a lot of criticism about when and why he does take or the lack of timeouts because there's, there's been a thing going around that he doesn't like to call timeouts to draw up plays. He would rather just have them play the game out. What's yeah. your stance on those kind of timeouts? Yeah, I mean, I, it's situational, obviously. Like, if you have – like, I think if Cason Wallace gets the ball in the open court, sure, like, don't call a timeout. Like, right. whatever. If you're in transition, up a man, whatever. But – Obviously, some situations he needs to use those, and even when he does use them sometimes, I feel like, like an example from game last night, we had, there was, I think, two seconds left on the shot clock, and we throw it to Oscar yeah, from 24 feet. Yeah, contested. Like, two, yeah, why don't, two why don't guys we give it to one of our shooters, or why don't we throw lobs? Exactly. Right. We can top in or Collins. Like. Right, right, right. And then your, uh, your second one was about lineups. Who's your – if we had to win win or go home to make the tournament, let's say that's the game that we're playing in, what's your lineup that you're putting out there? Obviously, Case and Reeves, Oscar has to be included, Toppin has to be included, and I guess I would throw Frederick or Livingston, just them alternating if mm – -hmm. uh, Livingston's been – turn up a little bit lately though I like the way like the energy he brings he's he is brought especially last night you can see the, his role in the team is that rah-rah guy that if we I don't want him to be if we need a bucket guy give it to him but if if he's the most likely to go get to the rim draw a foul or something I would for sure I would take him as as our get a bucket guy do you agree with that yeah. lineup Matt yeah Chris Livingston he's also gained a lot of confidence from the beginning of the year I agree with that lineup, those six guys are just the best six guys on the team. So you can interchange. Somebody has to come out. So within, and Reeves has been playing so well that he almost has to be in the lineup. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, CJ Frederick shooting the ball, he's such a good shooter that you almost have to have him out there too. But um, Chris Livingston brings that athleticism aspect that CJ Frederick doesn't have. So you can pick your poison. Does recent three point, I guess you can say, failures around CJ? Um, make you scared about putting him in the game at times? No, I think you you have to let shooters shoot. And I feel like he shot the ball so well at Iowa that you just – the shot will fall. I'm not really worried about him and his shooting struggles. If Maybe if we had this discussion in March and we are going into the tournament or SEC tournament right now, then I would feel a little bit different. But we still have a few games left. I agree with that. Shooters, shooters shoot out of slumps. Yeah, it's the same. Exactly. Yeah, like every team's getting the scouting report. It's like C.J. Frederick led the country last year in percentage. Like he's gonna get respect from every team. So even if he's not knocking shots down, he's at least he's spreading out yes. the defense. Yeah, and for sure. 
I uh, making an impact. I would go as far as to say my lineup. I would agree mostly, but I would have Reeves and CJ in together with Wallace as like a three-man backcourt kind of thing. Because last time we had three-man backcourt was that quickly Hagens. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about that. That, that was a nasty. That t- and Maxi, <laughs> we ran three guards there, and if it wasn't for COVID, I mean. It's hard to say that they were getting stopped. So I would have those three guards with Livingston at my four and put Toppin on the bench. I wouldn't mind that. Is my – and then Oscar, obviously, at the five. But I don't think Toppin does what we need him to do like Livingston would be able to do. He's Livingston may be a better rebounder. Livingston may be a better jump shooter. Livingston may be better at getting at the rim. I mean, I don't understand why Jacob Toppin gets – 35 minutes a game when we have other and then when we play Livingston at the four we can even go Collins at the five for pure athleticism with th- with three guards Just and then give everything and then give Oscar some rest and then we mm-hmm. all know that our biggest our biggest problem is when Oscar's usage rate is a hundred percent and nobody else is really touching the ball or making shots like and we saw that in the St. Peter's loss obviously he was what 30-something and 15, and we still lost. So one last question to you, Matt, before we get into our draft. When you think of college basketball, you think greatness. You think first to 2,000 wins. You think about second most championships. We have eight. Only UCLA has 11. That's above us. Does it feel like that greatness that we're just so used to that previous teams have built up has slipped away in recent years, or do you think it's still there? I think it's absolutely slipped. I think we were kind of spoiled when John Calipari got to Kentucky. We went to four Final Fours in five years. We won a championship. Um, we, we just became so used to that that when we didn't start going back to these Final Fours, it's kind of just like, is Kentucky basketball falling off? And I don't think it's falling off, but I mean, it kind of has, but I don't think we we're at that standard that we used to be. And I would agree. I think we can get back to that level, but it has to. some things have to change, though. I would agree. I feel like teams aren't necessarily scared to come into Rupp and play Kentucky anymore. I feel like back in the day, it was a thing to where you couldn't miss a game. You were at every single game. If you had an opportunity to get tickets to the game, you were going to be there yeah. and be there 45 I minutes early. I remember going to like 9 o'clock Vandy games on Tuesday nights, and it's like, and let's go. We like, had school at 740 the yeah, next day at right. the time. We wouldn't and miss – for we anything, eight thousand empty seats in there on those games. Exactly, but and I obviously we can bring it back to that. It's just, what do you guys think the first step into bringing that back would be? I mean, it, it just simply comes down to doing well in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, regular seasons are great, but we don't. That's not what we remember. Right. And like even last year's team had a great regular season. They were yeah. a two seed. And it's yeah, massed were, by the St. Peter's loss. There was a point in the people were like, this is the best team in the country. When right. Grady was knocking down shots, mm-hmm. Oscar was being We Oscar. went into Kansas and Smashed beat the them. lights yeah. out of them. Yeah. They were the national champions. So. And they were, yeah, exactly. You have to, like, give a fan – you have to give the fans a reason to sell out Rep Arena. So, like, I remember when we played South Carolina, I was watching the game on television, and I was just like, do we have a home court advantage anymore? And I was like, yeah. it just seems like these teams come into Rep and they're so confident. And they like use 
that are fans against us. Cal's thing used to be that he didn't lose at home. And there used to be stats mm-hmm. of it. We used yeah. to have the longest record of home wins, blah, 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 blah. And he used to have a stat of he only had lost like four games in rough in eight years or something. And now people don't even talk about that stat because it's just fallen so far off. Um, uh, old, an old Chelsea manager mm-hmm. once said something on the lines of once a, once a top team falls into the, to the presence of, oh, it was a good game. Oh, we have stuff to build on. Oh, we can move forward from here is when big teams are no longer big teams. Right. And I feel like we are in that stage of, oh, we, we, just beat, we just beat Mississippi State, so now we have some quad one wins, and now we have stuff to build on, and now we can go forward from this when we shouldn't have even been in this situation to begin with at because all. we are Kentucky basketball at the end of the day. Once again, we are bringing the draft format to Bowman's Friends. However, this draft we are going to pick five Kentucky men's basketball players, two of them coming before Cal's time here and three of them coming while Cal has been here just because we, we may know more Cal players than, than non-Cal players. However, I will start off the draft with a non-Cal player, and I'll take Dan Issel, first pick. Wow. <laughs> I was the wondering pro- where he was going to go. Program's leading scorer and program's leading rebounder. I'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, at least you got that non-Cal player out of the way. Yeah. Dan Issel, first pick. On to you, Jack. All right, I think – I'm going Anthony Davis. You have to. You know, have to, yeah. I think most people would say he's the best player of the Cal era. Yeah, Absolutely I think, dominant. I don't think that's up for discussion. It's not, yeah. It's not. Okay. I think um, Anthony Davis would have been my, my pick if Dan Isfell wasn't around. On to you, Matt. Okay, with my first pick, I'm taking John Wall. He revamped Kentucky on him and John Calipari. The speed, the scoring – the passing, I just think it's, it's an obvious pick. pick. I think it's an obvious pick as well. I think he's probably the best, best guard under Cal, and we all know Cal's a point guard type coach, so he has had the best of the best here. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good pick. And then with my second selection, I'm going to guard Jody Meeks. Jody I just think Meeks. I, I can't pass up that scoring ability. I like it. I remember when when Cal got here, Jody Meeks – was thinking about coming back to school and playing with John Wall, so let's make it happen. I like that. I didn't know that he was thinking about sticking around. Yeah. I just, obviously, I just I just remember him with the with the fifty four bomb on Tennessee yeah. at Tennessee. I think it was a game that we needed to win, if I don't if I'm not mistaken. And man, I, that's probably a top five Kentucky basketball like moment. Oh, easily. Ever. Which you got that guy on your team. Yep, you do. <laughs> Back to me. All right, I'm gonna take guard here, Tony Delk. Good pick. You know, that's, just, that's where I was going next. Mm-hmm. We have AD now, who's just gonna block every shot, and we have Tony Delk, who's just all he does is spray from behind the three point line. It's a great pick. Can dunk, lead a team. He was on my list. Yep, that's. I think that's where I was gonna go next. To be honest. With my second overall pick, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 
forward, small forward, and I'm going to take Tayshawn Prince, another non-cow player. It's a great pick. But when you think Tayshawn, you think that North Carolina game, five straight threes. Mm-hmm. Talk about a top five Kentucky moment. My goodness. Yeah, that, I wish I would be there. I wish I was there for that. That looked crazy. I, yeah, watched, my, I watched that video a bunch of times. My dad was in attendance, and he says to this day – that was the loudest that he's ever heard rep. And I, I can imagine I that. Doubt it. Was UNC, UNC was top three, maybe even first in the nation at the time. And big game and, and old rep. <laughs> mm-hmm. back, in, back, when, back when it was full 20,000 a game. And then for my next pick, this may, this may be a controversial pick here. But at the four, I'm going to go with Julius Randle. Oh, that's not controversial. Love Randall. It's a great pick. Julius Randle, as we know, took us to the national championship game, mm-hmm. the last one that we participated in. And even though the game did not go our way, that tournament for yeah, sure went our tournament. way. That tournament was so much fun. Beat Wichita State second round. Going in as an eight seed, nobody thought that we were going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Julius and James Young. James Young. I'm they were the two yeah. to turn it on, and they were just a fun. Young fun had team like to watch. one of the best posters I've ever seen that game. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. filthy. And um, just Julius is able to run the fast break, run, get up and down the court offensively and de- and defensively. I just think that's a big plus, especially so physical too. And he can stretch the floor out. He can knock down a 15, 18-foot jumper when yeah. I got Dan Issel down low. And then when Dan can't run up and down the court for defense and offense, that's where Randall will come in and be the absolute monster that he is. I think I'm going to go another cow player. I'm going to take Towns to play down low with AD. That's why I thought – that's why I said my pick was controversial because I picked Randall over Cat. Yeah, I mean – both of them, I guess, are technically centers, but, I mean, Towns is able to easily play with Kali Stein mm-hmm. and uh, Marcus Lee, Dakari that year. So I think him and AD would have a field day down there. Yep. Great pick. And then I'm going to go with old school player two. I'm going to go with the seven foot one Sam Bowie at center down low. Good pick. I needed that, that wingspan, shot blocking ability, scoring. Just needed it. And uh, – you can't go without saying, had a good enough college career to get picked in front of Michael Jordan. Second overall. The Michael Jordan. Exactly. It's hard to argue with there. At small forward for now, I'm going to go Michael Kidd Gilchrist. It's a good pick. The defense. Another second overall pick. Yep. That need that talent. Just a dog. When you when you need to win in college basketball, you need a, you need that dog on yep. your team. You need that person that's gonna lock down the other guy's <laughs> best player. Yeah, I think he may have been he may have been the most important player on that team, regardless of yeah, yeah he, what he, you, you want to say. I remember about, he locked down Peyton Siva in that Final Four game. That was awesome. I mean, he locked down, and then he Anthony Davis struggled championship game. Who do we turn to? MKG. MKG. It's another good pick. I like that. All right. I'm glad he hung around here. I was scared Matt was going to take him, but I'm going to take Jamal Mashburn at the three. He was on my list as well. Yeah. So that rounds out my non-Cal guys. I'm pretty happy with 
Delk and Mashburn. What yep. positions uh, you guys have left? I need a point guard. That's it. Or I, another guard. I got Delk already, but. I need two more guards. Or I need two guards in general. Okay. I have two picks. I have two picks left. Actually, y'all want to have a six-man? Y'all want to do six-man? I'm down. I'm in. Let's All right, do let's yeah. do it. We'll add, a, we'll add a six man. So, five players and a six man. So, we're not finishing off the draft yet, but for my next two picks, one of the best Calipari backcourts, if not the best Calipari uh, backcourt ever, give me De'Aaron and give me Malik Monk. Great picks. They I already like got the chemistry yeah, to play together. Right, you're right. If you're thinking about it from we're trying to win games standpoint. I'm trying to win know. games. Yeah. And I love it. Oh, that team can run. That team can shoot. Monk, we forget how how much of a of an inside scorer Malik Monk was just because of how prolific his three point shooting was. Oh, I mean, but he could beat anybody off the dribble. All around, finish he could, too. He could do it all. All around bucket. And then I got my team spacing out the floor well, so Fox can operate whenever he wants. Take guys off the dribble. Yeah, that's great. That's my team. So I'm gonna move in here and take Ulis. As my guy to lead the team, your glue guy. Yeah, yeah he's Probably our glue the best, guy. You know, best glue guy. Mighty five foot nine, yeah, and he's just list. surrounded by a bunch of monsters. We're gonna, we're long, we're fast. We can shoot. Obviously, I mean, we're picking all time teams here. Every team's gonna be stacked. Obviously, but you know, we can block shots. I really like how my my team rounded out there, starting five. Good little squad. Ulysses is probably the most liked. Besides maybe Oscar now, but Ulyss is probably one of the most liked Calipari players, if not the most liked Definitely. Calipari player. So you just got that leadership right off the bat. He's even on the coaching staff now. Yep. So you got a you got a player coach on your hands. You don't even need need a coach. Yeah. On you, Matt. Okay. At my four position, I'm going P.J. Washington. He was one of my favorite players in the Cal era. Just his development from freshman to sophomore year was. One of the greatest transformations I've seen from any player. I love oh, that yeah. pick. Sophomore PJ. I yeah. love the way he could just score down low with ease. Mm -hmm. That jump hook, that 15, 18-footer, and even during times in his sophomore year, he was hitting threes with ease. So I just think he's just perfect. Throw that, that offense. That Tennessee-Kentucky game. Yeah, at I was, home I was that at year. that game. Yeah, they had Man, like that's probably one of my most fun. Williams. Yeah, that was probably one of my most fun games watching. Fun. Yeah, oh, yeah, easily. PJ. PJ's probably a top five favorite of mine in the Cal era just because you just simply knew he was going to get a bucket if he caught it back oh, to the basket at the block. Obvious, obviously. Like, there was no question about what he was going to do, and you well, still couldn't stop it. it. Mm -hmm. I wish you could have a couple of those free throws back from that Houston game, but mm. yeah. uh, well, that's knock on him. That sophomore year put that, put that tournament game to rest. I'm surprised this pick was here this long. Combo guard, I'm going to go Jamal Murray. You stole me. I was going to pick like that. That Good scoring pick. off the bench, he can play either guard position, 6-4, the arrow. Just yep. Yeah, that's one of the first guys that fans could get behind with, like, a little motion every yeah. time. I guess the little the three, go three goggles was probably the first one, but it had been a while, and he brought that bow and arrow, and I just mm -hmm. know – I know everybody was new. You could go to the go to the rec center and watch people shoot threes and just pick up basketball, and they were doing that. At the, they were doing their bow and arrow at the time. So I'm kind of between a couple guys here. I think I'm going to go guard since I already have three really solid guys, three through five. 
I'm kind of between Maxi, Knight, Quickly. I loved Emmanuel Quickly. That was I'm I'm gonna pick him. You know, he might not be the best guy available, but I think I thought he was a dog. I loved the way he fought. Like we said earlier, that team was just so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And he developed that three. I mean, he's got to be that season. He's got to have one of the highest three point percentages we've had all time. He was knocking them down that year. So I'm gonna take him. Yeah, every team needs you got those him and Delk, players. so we're not missing threes. And talk about combo guard. He came in as a point guard, left yeah, he, as a questionable small forward. Yeah. Right. So yeah, he's got versatility too. That's why he's my six man. For the last pick of the draft, I'm gonna go big, and I'm surprised. I mean, I'm a little surprised he's still here, just with the recency bias and what he's done for the university recently. I'm gonna take Oscar Shibley. I'm glad, I'm glad he got picked. Yeah, me too. It would have been disrespectful to not. He's he's already top ten rebounder in Kentucky history, and he's played a year and a half. No, I mean, yeah. Like, there's there's stats where he'll have 35 and 24, like he went for this season, and it's not even like a the first headline on Sports Center the next day because it's just what we expect out of him. Yeah. Like a even a 20 and 12 is so uncommon in college basketball. And he gets it with ease whenever he wants. Pretty much is just he's had forty something double doubles since he's yeah, been here in like double, fifty double. games. There was a stat that said he's been he's been out rebounded by an opponent only once or twice in his career at Kentucky. The Alabama game. The Alabama game was the first one, that and I think wild. there might have been one afterwards, but I'm not for certain. But just he can score. Even even when we think that he's in bad spots or that he can't – like he's developed a jump shot. He's developed a little bit of a spin off the block. He can mm-hmm. – I mean, he's strong. He scores and ones. He's our guy right now that we feed, we play through right now. So I think he needed – he deserved a shout yeah, to get like him pick. into the draft. Because if we do this draft – this time last year, he's coming off the board in the first five or six picks. Oh, yeah, it's for just, sure. Even though I mean, he's still giving us double-doubles every game, 15 rebounds-type performances, and we're disappointed just because of the slight regression from last year. Right. But he's still – National playing. Player of the Year last year. I mean, he won every single Player of the Year that you can even imagine last year. I'll take that on my team. I think if, if this was a Cal-era draft – you could say I I had AD at, as a four, so I would say Oscar. In my opinion, Oscar's the best five we've had. There's not another program besides maybe like Duke, maybe UNC, where you can go from the 40s all the way into the 2020s now, and picking guys from those eras. I mean, we we pick guys from the 70s in this draft. Yeah. And uh, besides, like UCLA, they haven't had recent success, so all their picks would be coming from before the 2000s. Besides, like Duke, UNC, I think we're the most spread out, consistently good program that that there is. Very true. Thank you, Matthew and Jack, for your time today. And thank you for listening to Bowman's Friends. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Bowman's Friends to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and leave a comment on who you think won today's draft. New episodes go live every Tuesday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
feel free to DM us with topics you want us to cover or guests you want to hear from.